Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. If there's a little distraction in the recording tonight, it's because uh, with the fireworks going on, it sounds like I live in a war zone. I'm in the quiet room, but uh, fireworks are penetrating, and occasionally you might hear a few outbursts from the husky who is scared to death of fireworks. Now, tonight's program, I want to look at uh, Dr. Travis Taylor, a really interesting guy. I came across his interview with George Knapp the other day on YouTube, and of course, they're promoting uh, another edition of the Skinwalker Ranch series that the History Channel has been doing. I've watched a lot of them. I think they're Pretty fun to watch, pretty interesting. Uh, a little overdramatic sometimes. I suppose you can't get away from that from a from television point of view. I mean, they've got the guy walking around menacingly uh, with the shotgun, like he's on the lookout to shoot an alien. That sort of stuff is a little silly. But this Travis Taylor, Dr. Travis Taylor, is actually a serious individual, a super smart guy, w- well-spoken. And uh, if you can find the interview on YouTube, between him and George Knapp, it's it's more than worth your time. I mean, it was a fantastic interview. And they have a write-up about it here in The Sun. It says, Stranger Things, quote, I was the Pentagon's top UFO scientist. I've seen more mystery objects than I can count, and we don't know what they are. And the article's written by Anthony Blair. This came out uh, June 22nd uh, this year. One of the Pentagon's chief UFO experts has revealed his identity for the first time and claims he has seen countless mystery craft. After writing a book on how the U.S. government should prepare for alien contact, Dr. Travis Taylor was offered the job of chief scientist of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, or UAP Task Force, the organization created by Congress to track UFO sightings. Now, he explained mainly their task was uh, to take a sample of these sightings uh, determined what they could find out about them, what it, explain what they did or didn't know about them, and then turn that over to Congress, which you know, I, I think it was good that he kind of clarified what their actual assignment was. Here it says, hiding in plain sight, Dr. Taylor has long been known as a top investigator of UFOs and the paranormal at Skinwalker Ranch, as well as other History Channel programs. However, unbeknownst to all but a handful of people, he was living a double life as the chief scientist for the Pentagon's UAP task force. A science genius after leaving University University of Alabama born, Dr. Taylor wrote a book about about how the U.S. government should prepare for alien contact. Now, he mentions in an interview that he went to work for the government like at age 17 uh, doing scientific research. I really think this guy probably is... uh, Super, super intelligence, maybe to the uh, genius level, uh, especially just listening to him talk. He's so at ease. He can really tell the guy has got uh, an open mind, an inquisitive mind about UFOs and uh, paranormal, and he's not at all judgmental. Goes on and says, the introduction to planetary defense caught the attention of a high-ranking intelligence official, but official Jay Stratton, who offered him a job. 
Jay Stratton, quote, the director of the UAP task force asked me, perhaps this is Travis speaking, if I would be interested in being the chief scientist, Taylor told 8 News Now's George Knapp. That's part of the interview I was just telling you about. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, of course I would. The task force main job was to write a report for Congress summing up all the known evidence for UFOs. Well, yeah, that page could probably be about that report could probably be about one page long because it turns out they don't know a lot about these things. It says they had already created a classified briefing of the most mysterious military encounters, starting with the 2004 Tic Tac incident. The UAP task force cut down the cut down the database into 144 of the very best cases, which Dr. Taylor helped write up as a final report. These 144 incidents were in Taylor's words. He said, we still couldn't figure out what they were, where they came from, and what their intent was. Now, in the interview, he says that out of 144, they were only able to determine that one was not was not an extraterrestrial. They, had, they could only explain one out of 144. 143 of them, unexplainable. This includes dozens of bizarre objects that buzzed multiple U.S. Navy ships in 2019. Some of these were spheres that seemed to swarm as they tracked the warships. Others appeared as green pyramids. Now, th th this one object he described during this Tic Tac era, and you can go back and look at the video and make sure I haven't got this wrong, but as I understand it, he said this thing was kind of sphere-shaped. They could judge the temperature of the object based on the flare data or whatever that was picking it up from the fighter the fighter plane and they had an idea of the range so they were able to estimate that the heat of this object was hot enough somewhere in the range that it could melt aluminum if it was closer uh, based on the closer range and maybe even melt steel based on being a little further out so an object hot enough to melt metal somewhere between the consistency of aluminum and steel. That's pretty hot, pretty hot to create molten aluminum or molten steel. But what's bizarre was that around this object, imagine this thing hot enough to melt aluminum, maybe hot enough to melt steel around this, around this uh, intensely hot object was an envelope of cold air. And they could tell there were these two uh, temperature layers, this intensely molten layer surrounded by this cold outer layer. That's bizarre to me. I don't even know how something like that could be created. There's no way you'll ever convince me that that's near peers, as they call Russia, China, whoever. That's not man-made. Hot enough to melt steel, okay, on the inside, but cold to the touch on the outside. Think about that for a minute. And it's moving at these super high rates of speed. Amazonas says, but Taylor maintains that the mystery is far from solved. We had a lot of sensor data on what on some of them that we couldn't determine what they are, he said. If it if it's our near peers doing it, that's scary. Now that's the exact opposite of what they said here. Last month a Navy official stunned task force members when they told a congressional hearing that all of these sightings were drones especially appearing to debunk the mystery. Okay, this last sentence is idiotic, appearing to debunk the mystery. You have a PhD, a scientist tell you these things are unexplained, okay? And 
right now they're unexplainable. But then somebody comes out wearing a uniform with a bunch of doodads on it and tells you that these were all drones. And that's debunking. To my mind, if you say that you're debunking something, then you're disproving it. He, he didn't disprove anything. If anything, he disproved, he disproved his own uh, honesty. Okay. They would have been better off to not say anything. But the people that write these articles cannot miss the opportunity to try to throw shade on something. And I like that Taylor addressed the debunkers in his comments with uh, George Knapp. He says, you know, these people start at, they start out at a place they want to be, as in, no, these aren't real UFOs. And then they just work their way that way, and they ignore all the evidence that shows they're wrong and just point to the things that they think proves their point. That's exactly what they do. Now, we go on here. We say, it says, uh, open-minded. Despite being one of the world's best-known UFO hunters, Taylor is is from a Taylor is far from a slavish slavish believer in the cause. You know, there's no cause here. It's just observation. People walk out their house and they see things in the sky they can't explain. Fighter pilots and jet airplanes see objects doing things that a human being who was a passenger in that craft couldn't endure because of the G-forces. They see an object that is so hot it could melt steel, but yet it's surrounded by an envelope of cold air. That's not a cause. These are just normal people, sometimes very intelligent people, sometimes people with very specialized jobs, seeing things they can't explain, asking questions, observing it. That's it. They're just observing. This is not a cult. They're not worshiping. They're just observing. Goes on and he says, and he insists it's possible to study the paranormal while still being a scientist. You know, the paranormal or a belief in God is not uh, exclusionary to being a scientist. There's all kinds of stuff that we don't understand that we're trying to that we're trying to learn about. It says when Taylor joined the business when Taylor joined businessman Brandon Fugel's team at Fugel's Notorious Skinwalker Ranch, he believed he would be able to quickly find a rational explanation for the mysterious happenings. But instead, things got stranger and stranger as time went on. It says he quote I have never seen a UFO until I got here. He told Mr. Wire, "Now I have seen more UFOs than you can count." goes on and says, over a 20-year career working with groups, including NASA and the U.S. Army Space and Missile Defense Command, he has also found the time to write two textbooks, over 15 scientific papers, and 21 science fiction novels. And for decades, he has been obsessed with how humanity should respond to an aggressive extraterrestrial attack. Taylor and his colleague, Bob Bowen, started thinking about Earth's defense back in 2001 during a discussion about terrorism. One thing that popped in my mind was that the only way Americans would be in an asymmetric war on the other side would be if we were attacked by aliens, he told Reuters in a 2007 interview. Everyone chuckled, but then after a minute, the comments started setting in. Then we really got to talking about it, and we thought, well, you know, we really might need this contingency plan anyway, he said. 
I'm not sure if we would all be joined together to fight the aliens. I believe there's a very real possibility that, say, a Russia or a China might join with the aliens in an attempt to wipe us out. And that is exactly what has happened so many times when more technologically advanced societies have contact with less technologically advanced societies. What was one of the first things that the, that the Native Americans did when the pilgrims showed up? They said, hey, uh, how about you give us some of these guns and we've got some neighbors that are giving us a hard time. We'd like to go kill them. And guess what? The pilgrims said, sure, we can do that. So the first, the first thing that most groups do when they come in contact with the technologically advanced uh, culture or society is to try to get as many of those tools and technologies as possible so they can get an advantage over their less advanced neighbors. I don't know why this would be any different. It says here, Taylor's position, therefore, puts him at odds with the late scientist Carl Sagan, who believed that any alien beings advanced enough to master the journey to Earth would have evolved beyond the need for war. That's a pretty big assumption that Carl made. I don't know. Maybe he... I had a little too much of the wacky weed that week. It's a wonderful idea that has no basis in reality, he warned. Okay, that's in, the article ends kind of shortly. I have to tell you, uh, Taylor had, he was talking a little bit about the hitchhiker effect with, with uh, Knapp on this interview too. I wanted to mention that. I think I've talked about that before in the program where he had said he'd had an experience at the ranch where it almost was like some sort of, uh, I don't know if you'd say evil, but some sort of uh, opposing force maybe had followed him home and a lot of strange things had happened at his house. Um, maybe he'd had some unpleasant experiences from it. And then he told a story that I thought was really uh, fascinating, strange, and a little bothersome because we go from kind of this uh, UFO uh, area and in, straight into the paranormal. And it begs the question, are these UFOs simply a paranormal um, manifestation or are they something that may be related to paranormal and may not? Taylor makes a point of telling Knapp that they had brought out a rabbi out to the ranch to perform uh, some kind of a ceremony or chant to open uh, one they called a portal to heaven, or maybe it was a stairway to heaven. Anyway, the idea being to open up this opening into another dimension, I suppose you would say. So the rabbi goes out and he does this chant. And uh, I guess he saw UFOs and some strange things happen. He said it was repeatable because after the rabbi left, they had tape recorded the chant, did it again, and it had the same response. But the real weird part was after the rabbi finished doing this ceremony and this chant, ritual, whatever, he's, Taylor said he came back to him. He said he pointed in my face and he said, or he came back to me. He told me that they had a message for me. And that was that they were going to come see me tonight. And he said, who are they? And they said, and he said, well, whoever you're looking for, something to that effect. You can go watch the video yourself, the interview. So Taylor goes back home. He goes back to the, I don't know, his accommodations there, the ranch. Uh, I don't know if they have him on a camper trailer or what they've got him sleeping in. And he's described it as a waking dream. I almost got the feeling that he was awake, but it was easier 
for his mental state to think that he was asleep and dreamt this. Listening to him tell the story, describe it, I really feel like uh, he was in an awake state when this happened, but that it was so strange that if he were to really deal with the with the thought that you had this paranormal experience while you were awake, uh, it wasn't a dream, it was real, might have been a little too much for him. You know, a lot of times people have uh, close encounters with UFOs, and it's so strange, so out of the ordinary that... Uh, their mind almost plays a trick on them to make them think that this was some sort of dream state when in fact this was a reality state it just happened to intersect with this ufo encounter anyway he says that he's in his camper trailer and this elderly uh, native american man walks in the room okay or he's just there he reaches his finger out and he said when he looked at him at first he kind of shook his head no to me that he's telling him don't come here then reaches his hand out and touches travis on the side of his cheek and then disappears travis notices i guess he experiences some discomfort he apparently went to look in the bathroom or whatever and there's a sore which begins bleeding he described it as almost like stigmata and he said it took a few days to heal up now, to me, that is a paranormal message, and maybe the maybe this entity that uh, visited him was an actual skinwalker. And we've talked about those in a program before. Very uh, unsettling creatures, you know. Uh, really grounded in a lot of anger and a lot of evil. I'll try to cover that again someday. The fascinating history on the whole skinwalker legend. But I'm watching this interview with with. Uh, Dr. Taylor, and I'm thinking, man, do you even know what you're messing with? I'm not sure I would have brought that would have brought that rabbi out there to uh, to do that without having a little more uh, thought and research behind it. This is the concern I have about these kind of things: is that they're opening up portals to places that maybe should remain closed. And when Knapp asked him about the hitchhiker effect in this, and First off, he didn't want to talk about it too much because he said that they feel like if they talk about it, they activate it. And secondly, he said, well, maybe we can explain it away with uh, quantum mechanics or quantum physics. You know, the, the whole theory of entanglement where things can be on opposite sides of the world and somehow they're entangled. We know this is true from the experiments that they've done scientifically. Maybe somehow this whole place of Skinwalker Ranch is entangled with something that happened in the past or the future or in some other dimension. I don't know. The interview's fascinating. Uh, I think that Travis Taylor, uh, Dr. Travis Taylor is a really smart guy. Although some of the stuff that they're doing might be viewed as just a little bit reckless. Uh, I would recommend that you go take a look at the uh, interview. It's all over. Inter it's all over uh, YouTube. Nap does, I think, one of the best interviews he's ever done. And uh, I think they've got me hooked on Skinwalker Ranch for the History Channel. <laughs> Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.